Bite-Sized Birthday Biography Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Mira. This is a daily podcast which shines a spotlight on a person born on this day at some point in history, somewhere in the world, who made a positive lasting impact. Today, October 6th, we're going to celebrate the birth and life of engineer and inventor Lonnie Johnson. I don't know about you, but summers as a kid growing up in Southern California were all about two things, slip and slides and super soakers. Those were the toys of summer in the 90s. And as a kid, you rarely stop to think about the person or the company behind the toy you're playing with. I don't ever remember pausing with my Barbies or my Legos to ponder their evolution and the creative team behind their development. That's why for me, getting to research Lonnie Johnson, the man behind one of the quintessential summer toys of my youth, was such an absolute blast. God, I would have loved to have been Lonnie's kid on back to school night. So this is my dad. He invented the super soaker. Oh, his day job? He's an aerospace engineer at NASA. His hobbies? He's an inventor with 100 patents to his name and an additional 20 pending, and he spends his free time creating ways to make energy clean and green. Like, all other dads can just give up at that point. He wins. So Lonnie was born on this day in 1949, happy birthday Lonnie, in Mobile, Alabama, to a World War II veteran father and a mother who worked as a nurse's aide. His father took it upon himself to introduce his son to science, explaining how electricity worked, which sparked huh, an interest in the mechanics of contraptions and a desire to build. Being that it was the early 60s in Alabama and Lonnie being African-American, he attended a segregated high school called Williamson, which had been around since 1916. Growing up at the end of a very long era, essentially the whole history of America, in which people of color had been excluded from science, not to mention higher education in general, there were precious few scientific heroes that looked like Lonnie, which he could look up to. Thankfully, Lonnie learned about George Washington Carver, the most famous black scientist of the 20th century, who actually died only six years before Lonnie was born. Carver was an inspiration to Lonnie throughout his teen years, and when Lonnie was 18, he competed at the Alabama Science Fair. He was actually the only black student there. His invention, an air compression robot he named Linux, won first prize. After Lonnie finished high school, he enrolled at Tuskegee University, a private historically black college in Tuskegee, Alabama. He completed a BS in mechanical engineering and a master's in nuclear engineering. Uh, later in life, he would be awarded an honorary doctorate in science from there as well. So with college out of the way, Lonnie joined the Air Force as acting chief of the Space Nuclear Power Safety Section at the Air Force Weapons Laboratory in Albuquerque, New Mexico. While enlisted there, he began to dream up a water gun that utilized pressurized air. And while this was obviously the genesis of what would become the invention that is still to this day one of the top-selling toys in the world, he also invented CDs and DVDs. Seriously. So in 2017, he did an interview with Forbes magazine. And Lonnie talked about how when he was at the Air Force, he got his first patent in 1979 for the digital distance measuring instrument. It used ones and zeros and dots and dashes and a magnifying lens to read binary encoded information from a scale that was photographically reduced. It's the technology that's used in CDs and DVDs. And the interviewer like incredulously asks, you invented CD and DVD technology? And Lonnie says very humbly, yeah, I call it the big fish that got away. I didn't really pursue it. I was enjoying my day job. Inventing was more of a hobby. 
Also, I thought that once I got a patent, the world would beat a path to my door, but nobody knocked. When I realized the technology was being commercialized, it didn't dawn on me that it was something I should pursue. So that same year, 1979, he takes a job at NASA's Jet Propulsion Lab. And while he's there, this idea keeps resurfacing of a pressurized air water gun. He was already working on a heat pump invention in his spare time that used water instead of Freon, and he was playing around with various nozzles, and he found a way to shoot water all the way across the bathroom, and he realized that this would be an amazing water gun. The idea just kind of continued to spin in circles until he moved to Omaha in 1982, and he was able to set up a lab in his basement. He knew that he needed help with manufacturing, so he reached out to a company to produce the water guns, but the cost was $200,000 to make the first 1,000 guns. Tooling and molds are a huge upfront cost in manufacturing. Lonnie, having never been in the business side of manufacturing, didn't understand that this was a one-time startup cost, and he thought that he would forever have to charge $200 for a water gun, which no one would pay, so he hit a roadblock there. Five years later, in 1987, he started his own toy company and he released his first toy, the Jammin' Jet. So the concept of this was really great. Styrofoam jet with a five-foot wingspan, powered by compressed air. It shoots water out the back. Amazing toy in theory. The manufacturing and development company that he had hired called Entertech allowed one of their engineers to change Lonnie's design, putting the rudder at an angle so the plane would fly in circles. Lonnie warned the company that this was a faulty design and not to do it, but they didn't listen. So the company spent a million dollars on advertising this thing, and they expected crazy sales. They manufactured a first round of 60,000 jets. Kids order them, and then every single plane dive bombs in the first flight and breaks into bits because of the engineer's change of Lonnie's design. Thankfully, Lonnie would not be deterred. Two years passed, uh, filled with writing letters to all the big toy companies, including Hasbro, and everyone was basically like, don't call us, we'll call you. Lonnie was also working his day job at NASA as a systems engineer for the Galileo project, for which he invented a power supply mechanism. Lonnie mentioned in his Forbes interview how watching the Hidden Figures movie reminded him of his time at NASA as he was the only black man on his team. Then Lonnie goes to the Toy Fair in 1990, where he gets pointed in the direction of a small company called Laramie, which made knockoff toys. The Laramie rep was like, well, if you happen to be in Philadelphia, come and say hi, but don't go out of your way. So Lonnie goes right to Philadelphia. He sits in the waiting room for an hour. He finally gets into the rep's office where he pulls the water gun out of his briefcase. And he was asked if it worked. And he shot water across the entire length of the office. Then the men behind the table suddenly became way more interested in what was all of a sudden the super soaker prototype. And the prototype that he was holding, I might add, was made of PVC pipe, plexiglass, O-ring seals, and an empty plastic soda bottle. The super soaker hit the market with a splash in 1991 after a last minute name change from the power drencher to the super soaker. It became the number one selling toy in the world. The sales were so astronomical, they were over 200 million in their first year, that the company expanded the product line with Lonnie creating a two bottle version that they called the super soaker 100. When asked how much money he had made from the sales of the gun and all of its iterations over the years, Lonnie sort of modestly said, I can tell you that I received a royalty on sales, that the Super Soaker was the number one selling toy in the country, and that between 1992 and 1995, it topped $1 billion in sales. 
This toy made Laramie a very hot commodity, and in 1995, Laramie was bought out by toy giant Hasbro. Lonnie continued to be a good idea machine for Hasbro, tweaking the Super Soaker design a bit to make the gun capable of shooting Nerf darts and projectiles in a much more efficient way. Hasbro would negotiate a licensing deal for this. Hasbro continued to rake in the dough from the sales of the many generations of Super Soakers it would produce over the next 18 years. However, they were not exactly giving Lonnie his rightful cut of the royalties, and in 2013, Lonnie took Hasbro to court to sue for missing royalties, and he obviously had them dead to rights as they forked over just under $73 million in royalties that they had been holding out on him. To date, the sales of the Super Soaker are approaching $1 billion. Unfortunately, that was the end of the royalties for Lonnie, as he had made a very common slip-up in the beginning. When he was negotiating his contract with Laramie pre-Hasboro buyout, the name Super Soaker came up in a discussion between him and the then president of Laramie. The name was not included in his contract as Lonnie didn't yet understand the power of a brand, so he holds the patent license for the design of the water gun, but the name itself is now the intellectual property of Hasbro. Lonnie is currently the president of two Georgia-based tech development companies, Johnson Electromechanical Systems and Accelatron Solid State LLC. Accelatron is solely focused on creating solid state batteries, specifically ceramic batteries, while Johnson Electromechanical Systems, GEMS, was responsible for creating the Johnson Thermoelectric Energy Converter, which is a solid state heat engine that converts heat into electricity with no moving mechanical parts. The ultimate idea is that the energy converter takes heat from a source like a body or the sun and then stores it in the ceramic battery. His current projects are all being financed out of his own pocket, and his focus, as he put it, is to take on really innovative, high-risk technical projects and solve them and achieve breakthroughs. Lonnie currently lives in Georgia with his wife and their four children. My sources today were Smithsonian Magazine, Forbes, Wikipedia, and the Lonnie Johnson website. Thank you so much for joining me for our birthday celebration of Lonnie Johnson. Please join me tomorrow, October 7th, when we celebrate the birth and life of Moses Fleetwood Walker, the real first African-American man to play Major League Baseball. See you then.